You're listening to episode 2.46 of the Midlife Improvement Project, and on this week's episode, I'm chatting with fitness consistency expert Kelly Howard. This episode is timed perfectly, especially if you have found your New Year's motivation to move your body more slipping away. It's time to get moving again, my friends. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife. You are more. I am your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I am a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all of your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. I've just recently passed the milestone of turning 50 and I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to increase your self-awareness and your confidence and get curious about what got you here and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Well, hey friends, I know you were expecting yet again to hear about goals, but as she sometimes does, the universe had other plans for me this week. And that goals episode is going to have to wait one more week. John and I are just getting over a nasty bout of the COVID, which you might still be able to hear the edges of in my voice. It's well-timed in a way because we got it over with before our upcoming snowboard vacation, but it's ill-timed in a way because instead of putting together a podcast for you this week about goals, the only thing that we were able to do was really hold the couch down for five days straight um, to try to feel better. Anyway, both John and I are on the upswing now, and uh, I have an amazing episode for you today that is an interview that I recorded before the sickness overtook my world. And I think this interview is very well-timed because it's that time of year when often our motivation from January 1st is starting to ease off a little bit. So um, I will ask you to stay tuned once again and wait for next week where where I will share my 2024 goals as well as my word for this year. So let's get into today's episode. Kelly Howard is the fitness consistency expert with a touch of adventure and the author of Fit, Active and Ageless for Life. For over 25 years, Kelly has helped thousands of women prioritize their fitness so they can feel great and have more fun in the second half of life. She invites women to adventure out of their comfort zones by trying new experiences they may have only dreamt of previously. Her Fit is Freedom podcast, coaching online courses, and retreats have changed the lives of thousands of women. She's a frequent guest on podcasts and television and the creator of the Fox TV Outdoor Houston Adventure Series. She currently calls Houston, Texas home, but can often be found kayaking rivers and traveling trails worldwide. Well, hello, friends. You know that thing that happens every year when it's January 1st and you get all fired up and you tell yourself that this will be the year that you get it together, that this will be the time when you get consistent and you get fit and you stick with your regular exercise. And then many times you run out of that motivational New Year's juice by the end of January. 
If you are sheepishly putting up your hand as I ask these questions, you are in the right place today, my friend. My guest today is a fitness consistency expert, and she is joining me just in time to remind you why prioritizing your fitness is so important and to help you stay on track for this whole year and beyond. And we are also going to dig into the fact that it can actually be fun to move your body. Who knew? All right, let's do this. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. And thank you to everybody who's listening. Really appreciate this. All right. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, about your story, about what you do, about who you help. And because this is the Midlife Improvement Project, I'm especially curious about your midlife story. Mm, okay. So why don't I start with that? Because it's it's where, you know, it's that shift for all of us. I was at the time, like going through menopause, I was um, my mother had fallen. She had had a heart attack. She fell. So I was now my mother's caretaker. We had bought a house that needed to be completely redone. Um, and I'd bought a new company. So I had all these things happening. And part of this new company was it was an outdoor adventure membership club. So what I was doing was I was leading all these adventures on the weekend, working like a crazy woman during the week, like we all know, um, sitting on like a literally like a sawhorse with a two by four in front of me with my computer on it at the house we're redoing because it needed to be somebody needed to be there watching it right and then taking care of my mom so you know doing all the things like we all do but the problem was was that i had well i knew <laughs> let me put it this way i knew that my body wasn't going to hang in like that forever like i couldn't put it through all that stress and expect it to just bounce back like I was expecting. So one day I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was in so much pain that I literally crawled to the bathroom. I crawled back to the bed and then I started Googling like, you know, do I have kidney disease? <laughs> My liver failed, right? <laughs> All these things. But deep down, I knew exactly what it was. It was my body. It was just like, you can't keep doing this. You're not 20. And more than that, it's not even that you're not 20, it's that you're not supporting your body. So during the week, I wasn't exercising. I was working. I was sitting on my duff, working and taking care of my mom and doing all the things, right? So it took me, it took about a week and finally the pain went away. Uh, I got back to life. But what happened was it stuck with me that I wasn't the only one doing that. All my friends were doing the same thing. Maybe it was a little different. You know, maybe their story was a little different. But in the end, we were doing everything for everybody else and not taking care of this one great, awesome body that we had for ourselves. So I eventually sold that company. I, I love that company. I, and I built it up. I loved it so much. And I was working so much. So I sold that company. Thought I was just going to stop just go play for the rest of my life. And instead, like in the back of my head, there's this niggle and niggle and niggle. And I'm looking around at my friends and everybody's doing the same thing. And I went, okay, what if I just like tip my toe in and said, can I help you be consistent with your fitness? Because by that time I had actually dialed it in. I mean, I've been consistent when I was younger. I had that like <laughs> midlife faux pas. And then, you know, I was back on track. So that's, that's where all this came from. And along the way, uh, just so everybody knows, because I know that you've got women who are like full on here. I also want and did, I guess, 
uh, start taking women on adventures because so easy to say, uh, I'll do that when, you know, the kids are gone, the kids are back, but you know, whatever. And instead, let's start doing it now. Let's start playing. And that's that's what I do now. I help women play in a lot of different ways. And part of it is by being consistent with their fitness. Oh my goodness. I love this. This is speaking my language for sure. I love to play and I love to adventure. So um, I'm glad that there's other women that are inspiring women to do this. And the way that you describe your story, I think is there'll, there'll be some familiarity for a lot of women at this time of life when we're sandwiched in between all of the things and have all of the responsibilities all at once. And then on top of it, we're going through menopause or perimenopausal symptoms. It sort of seems unfair, but it's also like why it's so powerful when we can come through it. Um, and I love your story. So let's talk a little bit about consistency to start with. I think that for me personally, that is the thing that I find to be the most difficult. And I'm sure that you find this with your clients as well. What do you think, or why do you think that consistency is the key to long-term fitness? I think if I could, if you don't mind, let me just say what consistency isn't. Okay. And it's not perfection. Okay. Right? Like a lot of us think that we have to be perfect at this thing. It's like we talked about, you know, beginning of the year, three weeks in, everybody's just like rocking and rolling. And then life happens. Yeah. And instead of going, okay, let's just, you know, hit 80%, 80 percent is good enough. We're like, oh no, here it is again. I have tried everything. I have done everything and I keep giving up. Maybe it's time to throw in the towel. And in reality, if we just go, well, you know what? Let's start small. <laughs> not in our vocabulary, right? Like it seems that it's always this go big or go home mentality, especially, especially in the States. And, you know, for my friends in Canada, it's no different. It's like, there's this billboard down the street from my house and it's got this skinny girl on it. And it says, lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Drives me crazy. Makes yeah. me want to get out of can of spray paint, quite frankly. And what that is, is it's telling everybody that you got to do it all right now versus thinking of your fitness and your health and all of this stuff as a long game. And when you start thinking about it in a long game form, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so I missed a day. I missed Wednesday this week. Like I have a schedule. I'm pretty good at it. But Wednesday happened and <laughs> it was all the things. And I, at the end of the day, I started to beat myself up. I am no different, right? I was like, what? Look at that. You didn't do your exercise today. You didn't do your workout, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, so what? Guess what? I'm going to do it tomorrow and it's okay. And as soon as you do that, you just calm down and you're like, okay. So it's a lot of it is, I guess, to get back to your true question, which why consistency? When we take small, consistent steps, we end up with, like, if you look back, if you look back across the dominoes of life, you see all the things that have worked for you. And most of them didn't happen because you did this one big, huge thing. It happens because you do the little thing that leads to the next little thing and leads to the next little thing. Um, and I used to be the person who was kind of like, go big or go home. And I've learned it's just, we don't have that. We don't need to have that in our lives. We've got too many other things going on. So let's just make our fitness consistency something that's manageable. 
All right. Awesome. I love this. And I think to your point about people having this idea that it has to be perfect, they're like, they have something in their mind where they have to have a program and be at the gym and work out for an hour every single day versus, as you said, starting small, which could be like, I'm brushing my teeth and I do 10 squats and that's all I have time <laughs> right. for today, but I did something. It, yeah. You know, when somebody comes to work with me, very often, the first thing they say is, I don't want to go to the gym four times a week. I'm like, okay, <laughs> then don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not here to tell you you have to go to the gym four times a week, but I do have someone who um, I, I, and I'm not a personal trainer. Okay. I usually use a personal trainer for, for my women, but with this particular person, I knew that she just needed to start really small. So I had her just start with this like very, very simple leg workout. Took her, I don't know, really maybe 10 minutes, 10 minutes, three times a week. And after a month, she was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm sticking to something. This is exciting. And, and it is exciting, right? And she kind of got a little bit of that consistency bug. So yeah, it can be anything, really. It's so cool because you start to see people trust themselves and gain confidence in themselves. And those two things are the things that will lead to more consistency in fitness and, and in life. It's so neat to watch that happen. I love it. Yeah, that is such a good point because it really is. It is about trusting yourself. Okay, cool. All right. So um, tell me why you think your brain is your biggest fitness asset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love to tell people that, you know, fitness starts in their head, not their feet. Oh, I like because, it. Because, <laughs> right, we think that we've got to get out and do all these things. But if our brain's not on board, it will, it's, it's kind of our habit center, right? So it's going to come up with all the reasons that we don't need to do it. So we need to get our brain on board first. And it can be very simple. It's like you said, you're brushing your teeth, you're doing squats. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is that if you just, how do I say that? If you just like throw yourself in without giving yourself the why, and we can talk about the why in just a sec, but you know, if you just throw yourself into a fitness program, maybe it's the first of the year, you said, I have this goal. This goal is to lose 20 pounds or whatever it is. I mean, that, that weight loss thing is usually in there. Um, this is my goal. And this is what I have to do. Well, your brain's going to be like, hmm, okay, how come? Like, what's in it for me? But when you can get yourself behind it and go, okay, like, what's the thing that really drives you? What's the thing that pulls you? It's, it's to go back to the story I used a minute ago with the, the woman who was doing her leg workouts. So she came with me on an adventure. We were in Costa Rica. We had, we had an experience that I've never had before. Our raft got pushed up against a rock and held there. So we had to get everybody off the raft and into another one. This is not her, this is not her ballywick, okay? And she she did it. Like she did it. And it was a big deal. And she said to me afterwards, she's like, oh my gosh, I have a big why now. I mean, I can have a big why because I always like want to know what the why is. She's like, yeah. So next time you take me somewhere and you know, I get stuck against a rock on a raft in a river, I can do this with ease. And I went, okay, that's funny. But it's also <laughs> like you've just like described life, right? Yeah. yeah. So when she's now imagining in her head that she's rocking and rolling, 
And when your brain can see you rocking and rolling, everything gets easier. Oh my goodness. I have a version of this that I do with my clients where I have them tap into the wisdom of their future self. And sometimes it's the future self that is 20 minutes from now who has just finished the workout that current you does not want to do. And what did, <laughs> what is she telling you to do? And usually she's saying, hey, just get after it. You'll feel better when it's done. But you can also tap into the wisdom of yourself 30 years from now who has to bring groceries in from the car or who is doesn't want to fall and get a fracture. And what would she tell you to do? And then you can take, you know, advice from the future version of you to like get going on your workouts. I feel like that's kind of a way we can tap into our brains by like I getting to know a future version yeah. of ourselves and why I, they I, want us to do things. Yeah, I love future versions. And you know, the other thing about a future version is she won't exist if you don't do what you said you were going to do now. So like for your 20 minutes from now person, that person won't exist if you don't do your exercise right now. Love it. She'll be different. And I love, I love that. Cool, cool. All right. You might have touched on this already a little bit, um, but I'm curious to know about the four myths of fitness and how can we overcome those myths? Okay. So one of them is, is perfection. Yeah. Right. Like it, we, we, when we fall into perfection, we just limit ourselves so much. Um, so drop perfection. I'd like to, I like to tell people that if you're, if you've got a plan, okay, you have a fitness plan for the week and you do it 70% of that plan. Good. If you do 80%, that's great. If you do 90%, holy moly, you're doing awesome. If you hit a hundred percent of that plan and you do it consistently, then you might not have a, mo a hard enough plan. <laughs> so, so know that, you know, perfection is in there. Um, another one is starting smaller. We, especially at the beginning of the year, we have this belief that everything's going to change. It's going to be different than it was on the 31st or on the 30th, right? All of a sudden it's a magic. And so now we're going to be able to work out three times a week for an hour a day or whatever it is whatever you haven't been doing, it's not, it, it's, life is still going to be the same. It, and I don't, and I don't mean that as a downer, but life still happens, right? Kids get sick, parents get sick, work gets busy, everything happens. So find your, find a way to start smaller so that you know that you can continue doing what it is. So that start big, go strong. That's a myth. Start small stay consistent. Um, and then another one of them that we did touch on is all about getting your brain on board. Okay. A lot of times people think that they can just power through on motivation. Motivation is, it's, it's a learned behavior. And, and the flip side of that is, is that it's a learned behavior. So if you feel like you're not motivated, you can learn to motivate yourself. You really can. But if you're just depending upon you know, being motivated, it's probably not going to happen consistently. And then I guess that last piece is that you actually have to, you have to plan what you're going to do. It, it, is a, it is a planning process. Fitness doesn't just happen because you wake up and you watch some videos and, and you're done, 
right? It's how am I going to put all these things together and how am I going to um, plan for when life is lifing, right? And how am I going to plan for finding the time for what I need to do? Because that's probably the fourth myth that I hear the most is I have no time. And we all have time. We have no priority. That's a good way to say it. Um, I just wanted to add to what you said about motivation. This is the thing that I love about motivation. And also the thing I hate about motivation is that we're all sitting around waiting for it to show up. But really, (laughs) the thing that's magic about it is it shows up after you get started. Yeah. So motivation is not the thing we should be waiting for. It's the thing we should be trying to discover by getting moving. Right. Yeah. That is so true. I mean, it's the old, a body in motion stays in motion. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Um, uh, you said the thing about planning. Uh, when somebody's just getting started, what do you usually recommend that they they do in terms of their planning? We've touched on this a little bit, but is there something, especially when it's you know the time of year when everybody is potentially like easing off on some of the New Year's resolutions that they just made? What would you recommend that they do as they keep going for the rest of the year in terms of planning yeah. their fitness? And that's this is probably like the linchpin of what I do because. If you can create a little bit of a schedule that works for you, then you're going to be fine. So start out with, I always suggest that someone starts on Sunday evening. I'm big on pen and paper because there's a connection between our hand and our head when we write down. So start with just a simple calendar. You can say, okay, this is what my week looks like. You have to know what your week is going to look like before you can plan your your workout schedule. One day you're taking your mom to the hospital or to the doctor, you know, another day you have uh, guests coming in or you might be traveling. So you have to know what your week's going to look like before you can just dive in. You also know, I need to know, like, this is such a minutia piece, but it's so true. You have to have a general idea of what the weather's going to be like. If you're in Canada and it's January, you're probably not going to go out for a run. Or if you are, you're like a goddess. So like (laughs) have an idea of what that week looks like. and then. Put three things in there. Let's just assume someone's just starting. Okay, this is a someone just getting started. You need a little bit of mobility. Okay. And mobility is mobility can be warming up your joints with um, body looseners. It can be um, gentle yoga. It can be very, very gentle stretching. Like mobility really is nothing more than getting your joints warmed up for what you're getting ready to do. Like, on a bottom line. I mean, we can we can dive into that deeper, but just think about this because this is the thing no one wants to do. It's the thing I never want to do because I don't have time for mobility. But if I take that five minutes for it, the body is so much happier. And then you need some cardio and you need some resistance. There is a lot of resistance to resistance training. <laughs> yeah. And we really need it. Like as women, we need it more than ever. And as women in our midlife, we totally need it because we start losing muscle. And it is, it is a, it is a fact. It happens. It's the way it is. Um, I am a, I am living proof of that because when like I've gone to the gym my entire life, when the pandemic happened and the gym shut down, the way I dealt with stress was I didn't work out. I didn't lift at home. I just did a lot of cardio. And I saw very quickly how much muscle loss happens like very quickly. So you need that resistance. 
Uh, and resistance can be twice a week. Doesn't have to be any big deal. Start with body weight, but just have, you know, a couple of days a week of that, a couple of days a week of cardio. Um, and we're talking like if somebody's just getting started, I would suggest three or four days of mobility, five, 10 minutes max. Cardio can be, cardio can be running up and down stairs in your house. Yeah. I mean, if it's that time of year and you're living somewhere where getting outside is not going to work for you, do something like that. And then, you know, a couple of days of resistance. And the other thing to know is that if you miss a day, just shift your calendar. That's all it is. Don't beat yourself up. Like I said, I missed Wednesday. There's just, it just didn't happen. So shift your calendar. Um, don't beat yourself up and just keep moving. Don't go for perfection. So that's a really, really, really basic schedule. But if you don't mind, I'll dive in just a little bit deeper. Like you can use for your mobility and resistance, maybe a Pilates class. Um, you can find classes at gyms. You can, there's like so much to do out there. That doesn't mean that you have to do like only weights at the gym. Body weight, um, cardio can be just about anything, but just really just start moving. And the more you move, to exactly what you said a minute ago, the more motivated you are to keep going and start easy that first month. That's something else that happens is a lot of times at the beginning of the year, we start really big, right? And what we maybe, maybe something starts tweaking, you know, your shoulder that is always a little bit, not quite right. Now it's all of a sudden hurting because you've been throwing weights around. I have a client who just decided like, by gosh, I'm going to take these rowing classes. And she's been doing it, but she's been doing it like a mad woman. And then what happens? All of a sudden, her body is not ready for that five days a week, and she's flat on her back. So just, you know, be, <laughs> be smart and keep going. Does that help? Yeah, totally. This is something that with my patients who do this thing where they like go crazy and hurt themselves, I tell them that they're guilty of engaging in the terrible twos. And that's not <laughs> like a tiny toddler. That's a too much, too fast, too soon situation. So um, <laughs> sometimes sometimes it can be helpful for people to be reminded that they we're not engaging in the terrible twos. We're starting just a little bit at a time. Oh my gosh, that's so true, right? And it's so hard not to do it because... Yeah. We get, we get this idea that all of a sudden we're going to, maybe, you know what, maybe this is what it is. Maybe people have this like previous experience of I'm going to lose motivation. So I have to get it as much done as possible and get going because eventually this is going to wear off, but it's, it's wear kind off. of the opposite. Or, or maybe I haven't been doing it. So now I got to make up for all that time I didn't yeah. do like really fast, but yeah, the, um, the terrible twos. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right. You also um, were talking about the scheduling and I really like this because you talked about that myth where people say, I don't have time and then they have to prioritize it. One of the reasons why I think people end up not doing their exercises because they have something called time blindness or what I like to call in a more positive way is time optimism. They think they have all this time and they oh, actually yeah. don't. And then they think, oh yeah, I'll have time for exercise. And then of course it's the end of the day and they're not going to get her done. So putting it on the schedule, as you said, is probably um, just like making a, a, an appointment to go to the dentist or making an appointment for your kid's piano lesson or whatever it is, this is an important thing that has to be calendared. Yeah, I love that. You're right. I mean, we we are very optimistic that we're going to 
be able to do the things that we say we're going to do and find time for it, right? You got to know yourself. I mean, this is a lot about awareness. Absolutely. You have to be on to yourself right. and all the sneaky ways that you'll try and get out of doing something. So, exactly. Because, I mean, we negotiate with ourselves all the time. I negotiate with myself all the time. I mean, I catch myself. I'm like, seriously, Kelly, you're doing that. And Oh, yeah. I got like you know, a long list of how I can justify it. I don't need to do my workout today. <laughs> um, so can I, can I mention one thing that can help um, when people are having that, that I'm not going to prioritize this today? Absolutely. I'd love that. Okay. I, I like to use accountability. Okay. Accountability comes in two forms. There's a good accountability. There's a bad accountability. Bad accountability is thinking that an app is going to get you going. Like apps, apps don't hold you accountable. Maybe a teeny weeny bit, but nah, not really. Your best friend, that's not her job. Her job is to, you know, say, hey, why don't we go grab a glass of wine and relax if you're having a bad day? That's that's her job. And if you have a life partner, their job is to figure out how to get you off of this fitness thing so that they're off the hook too. And you can sit around and eat pizza and watch Netflix, right? So don't use those as your accountability partners, but find some, like find some friends that you can get in on it. And then when you need it, call on them. Last week, I had to get one workout. Okay. Now I sound obsessed, but it was on my schedule. I really wanted to get this workout in. I knew that the fact that I'd missed it that morning, because I had a very early morning at work, I was in trouble because I don't work out in the afternoon. Not my thing. So I sent out a text to about four people in one of my accountability groups. And I said, all right, ladies, before our call, because it was a group call that night, I need to get in my workout. So just, just making myself accountable right now. Well, like they were like a bunch of little kids. They were so excited. They're, they would not leave me alone like all day long. Have you done your workout? Have you done your workout? By gosh, I did do my workout. So it happened because I asked for help. And it happened because I made a statement of when it was going to get done before. So, so think about that. Because if you've got that schedule, sometimes you need to have a little bit of um, outside help. I mean, our ultimate goal, as you know, is that we need to be accountable to ourselves. Like that's the ultimate, but when we're just getting started, that doesn't always work. Yeah. Well, and this is exactly how it works for me. I am not the greatest at holding myself accountable when it comes to exercise. And so I've learned that the way that I do it is building in those uh, accountability layers. So my sister and I meet twice a week for weight training and sometimes we'll go for a walk together, but without that level of accountability, I likely would not do it, or I would have a lot more struggle in my own mind about being able to do it. So I absolutely agree with you about accountability. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something um, in our previous notes here before we started recording about something called a fitness North Star. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's a little what we talked about earlier, which is that why, but it's it's not it's not the why that we think it is, it's the why that changes our emotional state. Oh, okay. And the way I could describe that best is I had a client who came to me a few months ago and she, she'd worked with me a number of years past. And then she shows up and I'm like, what's going on? She said, I need to get in shape. I'm like, okay, that's good. 
And she's, I said, what do you, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I really need to lose like 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, why? And she's like, oh, well, my daughter's getting married. I went, okay. So what's that have to do with your weight? She's like, well, I need to look good in that dress. So, you know, you know where this is going. And I said, okay, great. You need to look good in the dress. And why? And she was like, well, you know, everybody's going to see me and I, I'm feeling bad the way I look now and, you know, so on and so forth. And I was like, so what does that matter? And that's when we got to that star. She was like, oh, and you could just see, you could see it in her body. Everything changed. And she's like, because I just don't like who I am right now because I used to be athletic and now I'm not. I used to feel comfortable in my skin and I don't anymore. And I was looking at one of those trips that you were taking and I said to myself, you'll never be able to keep up. So don't even bother signing up. And so that all of a sudden, right? That's when you get to the thing that matters the most because we're emotional beings, right? We are driven by emotion. We are not driven by a goal that says you've got to lose 20 pounds. No fun, no how, never. But if you have this other goal and it's like, I want to feel good in my skin. I want to be able to do the things that I want to do. I want to, for her, it was, she was like, I want to be able to get on an airplane wearing a short skirt with my hiking boots and my backpack and throw my backpack up above in the overhead. And no one even thinks that they need to help me because I look strong and I am. I was like, now we have a star. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, a story. that's way more powerful than that. You know, the, the, the same thing that we hear over and over again, that we just need to take up less space. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love yeah. that. So yeah. true. Right. Forget that number. Let's take yeah. up more space in 100%. our power. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. Um, you mentioned a couple of times, some of the trips you take, I'm curious to know more about that because I know that fun and adventure are so important to you. And I have two questions that are related to this. First of all, where do fun and adventure fit into fitness for you and for your clients? And also, why is it important, do you think, if our fitness to have something to look forward to? Oh, okay. So for me, the where it fits in is that is my North Star. Like I am, I, <laughs> all my life, <laughs> I've enjoyed playing. <laughs> Given the rather, I'd rather go play. And it it is what drives me getting outdoors, um, pushing myself, like pushing myself further than I thought I could go. I like that. I mean, that's, that's something that is me. I don't expect it out of the people that, well, that's not true. So the people that come on my trips, they're pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone. They're, all of our comfort zones are different. But for me, just to answer your one question, it is, it is my North Star. I want to be able to do everything I love to do for as long as I possibly can. I do know that modern medicine is going to keep us alive. I mean, generally speaking, most of us, that's our, you know, that's their job. Our job is to be able to do everything we want to do as well as we can for as long as we possibly want to. Like that to me is that driver. So I get pretty, <laughs> I get pretty excited about it, but I do, right? Like, like there's things that Years ago, this goes back 20 years ago, I read this article about this guy who was doing this whitewater kayaking in Texas. And I thought, 
I didn't think, I said it out loud to my partner. I went, wow, if we were younger, I'd like to try this. Oh, I said that. That's an interesting sneaky thing your brain is telling you. Right? Yeah. Right? So I was not, um, so at the time I was 40 and I was like, well, that's something for young people. And then a few years later, someone said to me, hey, you want to come do this thing with me? I was like, sure, why not? And I get there and I realize what we're doing. It pushes me out of all of my comfort zones. Like I'm not a good swimmer. I'm terrified of drowning, all the things. Did it. And then I was hooked because now all of a sudden I saw that I didn't need to be 30 or 20. I could be 48 at the time and learn how to do this and keep doing. So it pushed me and it still pushes me. It's it's one of those drivers for me. So I got way off track because as soon as I start thinking about kayaking, like my brain gets on a river <laughs> and I am out of here. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) No, no, don't apologize. I love it. And I just want to add to it. And I think it's so important because I feel like this too. Like I love to play basketball and I love to snowboard and I do gymnastics and I just turned 50 and I don't foresee myself stopping. I love all of these things and want to do them for as long as I can. So I love this story, but I think there's something that happens where we are conditioned that once you get to 50, it really is all downhill. So that all these things are for young people. And it, I like that you're challenging that as a thought or something that's been like put into all of our brains so that we get to do whatever we want because we get to decide. We do. And, you know, I, I am very fortunate. I, I have my mother's no longer with me, but I had a mom who was pretty amazing. Absolutely amazing. She at 50, she divorced my father. And she took up Taekwondo at the same time. So, and she's little, like she was very little, half my size. So here she is. She's, she's left this man that she's been with since she was 18, I think. And now she's out in the world. She's taken up Taekwondo. I, I go with her to one class and she takes me and just tosses me on the ground and slams me down. I'm like, I'm done. No more with this mom. When she passed away, she was a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo. She was a master. Like literally when we walked in anywhere that there were people that were in Taekwondo, they would like bow to her and call her Master Joe. So, and that was starting at 50 with somebody who hadn't ever really been that active. Oh so, my gosh, what an inspiring story. Kelly, right? I love that. It's like, there's, there is no, there's no limit to what we can do. I had a lady who came with me on a trip and we were going to the Smoky Mountains. Her kids went, she was, she was about, she was probably about 55. Her kids went, what are you doing? Where are you going? Who are these people? You can't do this. One wow. of her kids literally said that. You have never done something like this. You can't do this. We're going on a hiking trip, right? She was like, well, to hell with you, kid. And she was amazing. She was amazing. And it, it changed her life. And it doesn't have to be an outdoor adventure. It can be a lot of other things. But just those facts that you you fly in the face of what is expected of us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This like kind of segues nicely into this question that I want to ask you that I often ask my guests. And so the show is called The Midlife Improvement Project. And I like to think of this time of life as an awakening. And I really feel like what you're describing with your mom and with some of your clients fits into this. How do you feel like adding adventure and fitness helps with women who are coming through this midlife transition in terms of their awakening to what's next. Yeah. So it, it, it actually answers a question that you asked me earlier that I like spaced out on. 
But what it is, is that we have spent, most of us spend most of our life taking care of everyone else. Like it's putting everyone else first and it's so overused, but you know, the old analogy of put your, put your oxygen mask on first. So, but we don't, right? We yeah. don't because we're still so busy taking care of everybody. When we can stop for just a moment and go, what, what excites me? Like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do while I'm on earth? Right. While I'm still here and I've got this body and I've got this time, what do I want to do? So many people are like, well, there's, you know, there's this thing that I always wanted to try. Or I always thought about going to, you know, this trip, Smoky Mountains. That's, that's like a big one. Everybody seems to want to go to Smoky Mountains. I've always thought about that, but you know, I can't do that now. So when we stop and we go, okay, it's time to, it's time to do exactly what Peggy teaches us <laughs> and make the second part of our life exciting and different and, and rebuild it. Then it gives us something to look forward to. And we, when we have something to look forward to, it's, it's like that North star. It's a little different because the North star is like this driver deep within us. that's almost guttural, right? But something to look forward to gives us a reason. Why not get in shape? And when I say get in shape, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be a goddess to do this. You just have to be, have trained enough. And usually for people, it's usually like three months and, and they're ready to do whatever it is that I can throw at them. But when you have something to look forward to, then you can just, you have a reason to keep staying consistent. You have a reason to keep doing the exercise, the fitness. And because, I mean, I'm, believe me, it's not always fun. Like, I, I mean, just getting up and going and exercising, it's not always fun. I mean, for some people it is, but in general, it's kind of like, oh my God, that's just one more thing I have to do today. But if it's one more thing I have to do that's going to get me where I want to go, up the side of that mountain, then it's a game changer. Yes, definitely. Well, this is what uh, part of the reason why I want to work out is because I know that I'm going to be snowboarding. And when I'm stronger, I feel better, I perform better. And it, you're exactly right. Like it just gives you that thing to look forward to. I love it so much. Um, what and also like you mentioned, uh, the, the oxygen mask and the fact that women don't put themselves first. I talk almost with every guest about this because it's so relevant at this time of life. And do you have any other advice for women about putting themselves first other than what you've already mentioned? I do. I mean, it's, if it is very simple, if we just stop and realize that if we don't take care of ourselves, all of those people in our lives are going to have to take care of us. And that's, <laughs> that doesn't sound like much fun, but it's a huge motivator. Because it just flips what we were used to saying. It's like, well, we got to take care of everybody. But all of a sudden, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to take care of us. If we're not focusing on our health and focusing on our wellness, and we start going downhill. I mean, my mother, she's a perfect example. There was no way that woman wanted to put up with me telling her what to do. But she's in a wheelchair now, and she's still pushing me around. And I'm like, well, sorry, mom. I could tell you what to do now. <laughs> but I didn't because she's just so, she was so amazing. And 
she spent her whole life, you know, learning how to take care of not just us anymore, but herself. And if we put ourselves first, then we're never going to have to worry about everyone else taking care of us. Well, and also just to add to that, what I have found is that when women actually get to that place where they're willing to put themselves first, not only do they not have to worry about everyone taking care of them, but everyone else around them benefits because they actually have a full cup and they can actually like then pay attention to the people around them with with um, with more uh, focus and with like a better version of themselves. That's so perfect. And you are so right. And someone, and I, I don't remember this exact because I'm not a psychologist, but someone on one of my calls just recently said we were talking about doing things for other people. And she said that, and you may know this one, when you ask someone to help you with something, when you ask someone to help you, would you please do this? Would you please take care of the house so I don't have to, so I can exercise, whatever it is? They actually like you more because now you've shown that you're not perfect and you need help too. And so everyone benefits. It's exactly what you just said. It's just layers and layers of benefit that we get, but it's so hard to do that when you've always done everything. Well, and we've always done everything because we've been told we should. We've been conditioned that our worth is based on how well we take care of others. So it's so cool to watch women waking up at this time of life and realizing, oh, wait, I can do something for myself. It's really great. And this is part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast and why I'm doing the best I can to take care of myself as I go through my midlife transition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kelly, you have a, an ebook that um, you've mentioned that you our, our listeners here can get a copy of. Can you direct yes. us to where they can find that? Yeah, actually, it is um, my new book, Fit, okay. Active and Ageless for Life. Uh, and what your listeners will have is a link where all they have to do is put in, um, I think they put in their email, and they'll get the, the book, the actual book in ebook form. So it's amazing. That's so generous. Thank you. I, I just love it. And, you know, I wrote this book and it was truly a labor of love and it has a lot of information in it that I think is viable. It really is. Even my sister, my sister said, well, that was a really long book. That took me forever, but you know what? I'm doing some of those things. (laughs) Oh, good. Nice. All right. Well, for those of you who are interested in that, I will have a copy of that link in the show notes. So by all means, go and check that out. And also you have a podcast yourself. Tell us about your podcast. I do. It's called Fit is Freedom. Uh, Everything, pretty much everything I do is called Fit is Freedom. And it's because I believe that when we are fit, we have the freedom we want in life. And the podcast, we've been around for probably four years now. So um, I'll be happy to give you the link. And I have people listen in. We have wonderful guests like Peggy and I do some, you know, some ad living myself. Oh, perfect. Amazing. And um, for those, uh, those who are listening and they want to like get to know you more or come and say hi on the socials, where should we direct them? Uh, everything to my website, um, which is just fitisfreedom.com. Okay. Fitisfreedom.com. Yeah. And Kelly, any final words of wisdom that you want to share or the one thing that people should take away from our conversation today? Ah, oh, the one thing. Um, be kind to yourself. Make a plan. Don't expect perfection. Be kind to yourself and just keep moving forward. Just remember, this is a long game. It's not a quick, get quick, get fit quick plan. It is a long game. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your wisdom. Thank you, Peggy. Truly appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my guest today, Kelly Howard, for sharing her story and her expertise. And I know it's going to be helpful for you to get your butts back in gear when it comes to moving more this year. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach and you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, come and sign up for my mini course called Wake Up to Life 2.0. I'll send you an email every day for five days that will help you get super clear on where you want to go next with this one precious life. Go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash wake up. Also, I'd like it if you would come and say hi on Instagram. You can find me there at Dr. Peggy Malone, and that is where you will find me discussing my life as a 50-year-old who likes to snowboard, back handspring, and also to encourage women like you to find what is fun and adventurous for you in midlife. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that were mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it.